0: The choice to spread love in a world full of pain. The generation willing to be a light in darkness. The selfless desire to serve humanity. The purpose fueled with passion to make a difference. This is Madcasters the ultimate guide you need to impact the world. What's going on everyone? This is your host, Brian St. Louis, and I'm here to connect you to impact leaders across the globe who strive to make a difference in their communities and the world. As you listen to these gripping stories and endeavors from inspirational people and organizations, you will gain the confidence to implement strategies to make a difference not only in your personal life, but to impact humanity around you. Please subscribe to Madcasters on your favorite podcast platform. Follow us on Instagram, support through Patreon. Together, let's make a difference and change the world. What's going on, everyone? This is your host, Brian St. Louis, and I'm here with our special guest, Libby Hyken, and she is the founder of GrantWatch.com and a national grants expert who has helped many businesses, nonprofits, and individuals receive grants. Libby herself has helped over 46,000 children receiving health insurance, and she's ran successful primary election campaigns as well for New York City's Council and FEMA Project Liberty team leader, and much, much more. It's a great pleasure and honor to have with us today, Libby Heiken. Thank you so much for coming on to the Mad Madcasters podcast, where we make a difference and show people how they can too.
1: Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. And it's really a pleasure to be here to talk about youth, nonprofit activities, and how we can get grants today.
0: Absolutely. Libby, why don't you give us a little bit of a synopsis as to how you got into this whole concept of of building grants to the point where you have also now founded Grant Watch itself.
1: I was a New York City Department of Education public school teacher.
0: That's awesome.
1: I was teaching a special education class in the junior high school, which was then called classes for mostly handicapped. We had 10 children in a class with a paraprofessional. It was a time way back when um, children that needed medication during the day were not in school. So the children in these classes had no um, medication to help them with behavior. Uh, And so it was all classroom-based and behavior modification activities within the classroom setting. And at that point, the school system had decided that the special education students would have to take the same tests as the mainstream students in order to be promoted wow and that included writing persuasive letters um, essays and some other uh, writing activities wow and those students if you gave them if you made a correction on their paper would actually take it crumple it up and throw it at you because they couldn't take a correction. It just wasn't part of uh, what they could understand. So I had to figure out a way to make this fun. And I so I kept reading and doing research, and I found that there was something called word processing that was just coming, coming out, replacing the typewriter. And I wanted to take my class into the computer room, which was then the Tandy Model 4s, which was a giant machine, um, a big, very deep, screen connected to a keyboard, something very heavy, and teach them word processing. But those computers at that point couldn't hold the memory of word processing. So what we're going to do, I really had a great idea. Everybody agreed it would work. And my special ed supervisor went to the district office with my budget in mind, and he was told there's no money, no money for special ed, which I was very surprised because at that time, lots of money was going into special ed. Mm. but they said if Libby would come after school every single day, we will teach her to write grants because there's a grant available from Tandy Mm -hmm. to teach uh, about the Model 4. It was one of the first kind of like an, I guess it's the size of an iPod, right? An iPad, the size of an iPad iPad with a green six-inch screen across. And there's a grant available if you can show how the Model 100 could be used in an educational setting. Mm. And I went and I learned and I wrote the grant and we won.
0: Wow. And so that's I amazing. was
1: teaching, yeah, I was teaching um uh, word processing to my special ed class and they were able to learn how to write what was requested of them because they really enjoyed making the corrections. So mm. that was the right that was and they gave we had a dot matrix printer. Then that, that's how far back this goes. So that's how I got into it. And from there, I wrote a Commodore 64 matching grant. Mm-hmm. And it turned out that my school decided to ask me to come out of the classroom and start, um, not to come out, come out of the special ed classroom, become a mainstream uh, teacher for magnet school um, entrepreneurship, business careers, and computers.
2: So there I ended
1: up. Yeah. And then I ended up in the district office as a grant writer, writing about you know, four or five grants a week, $11 million came into the school district. And I went back into the classroom and opened up my own business.
0: There you go. Wow. That's it, you
1: know, and I was writing grants and writing and teaching at the same time, raising Mm -hmm. a family. And at some point, um, my business just started to grow and grow and grow. Mm -hmm. And I retired from teaching. And while I was had my own business, I was sending out a fax newsletter to everyone with the list of grants that were available uh, within my community and to my clients. And when I retired, I knew that the technology was out there now to um, create a website that would list the grants. And that's what mm-hmm. I started working on. And that was the beginning. And we started with NYC Grants Watch.
2: Mm-hmm. Then we
1: added New York State, we added Connecticut, New Jersey, we started just keep, just kept growing across the United States. And now we are United States, Canada, Israel, international.
0: Wow.
1: We add add new grants every day. And to understand the challenge, uh, and you yourself, if you looked at grants, you know they have a deadline, right? Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. So we have to, it's not, years ago you could buy for a dollar, this C D, which was a list of a list of foundations, and and you'd have to go through it, but that was pretty stationary, right? That C D had everything on it. But then you'd go and you'd find out, well, they gave the grant already. There's no money available right now, back and forth, something like that. But what we did was we only decided to put up currently available grants. Mm. Right? So we are a fresh
0: website. So I love that.
1: And every time a grant deadline expires, it's archived. And we'll check That's it again. Perfect. Yeah. So like let's some grants are given every three months. Some grants mm-hmm. are given every year. Some grants are one-shot deal. So we have um, a review date. Once we mm-hmm. expire something, we put up a review date. And we go back and we revisit that grant and see if it's changed, because a lot of times it has. And then we'll, re- we'll put it up again. So we have to constantly restock our shelves.
0: Yeah,
1: right. It's not that flat CD that you received years ago. Yeah, yeah. Currently available grants. So while we have over twenty six thousand grants in our database, there is, I believe, the number I just looked at was seventy seven thousand one hundred and fifty currently available grants, and every day that number changes because we hit a button and archive the site.
0: And those grants, once again, you said these are all over Canada, America, Israel, and uh, X, Y, and Z as well, right?
1: Right. And in every state in the United States, the, the uh, Compact Free Associations, provinces, you know, territories, Canada, is, you know, and the United States. So it's all over,
2: mm-hmm. but
1: we subdivided the website. So if you're in Indiana, you're going to look at indiana.grantwatch.com, Indiana grant. right? Indiana. indiana.grantwatch.com. And there, any you'll see grants that are given across the United States.
2: Mm-hmm. But what
1: it means is that if you are in, if your nonprofit is registered in Indiana, every grant on that site is appropriate to someone in that state. That's the way we subdivide it. But if you're, if they're only giving a grant to a specific county,
0: mm-hmm.
2: then
1: within the state, you need to be in that county. So we explain that in every listing.
0: And your website is so, I just want to, I just want to let the listeners know as well. Your website is very clear as to what you need. You know, everything is out there. If you need to, to make a, a, uh, if you're looking for a grant the, the the search for that is there, if you need to change your location, um, if you, if you need to find a list of the grants as well, the pricing and plans, like everything is set up so very well on your website. And so I just really wanted to commend you on that as well, Libby.
1: Thank you, thank you. Yeah, we really, we really work hard. When when I set up the website, I set it up so that an executive director of a nonprofit or a manager of a business could take a printout of the page where we list the entire um, details of the grant. Sure. And we we created some our own special summation, and they could take it and distribute it to all their board members. And you could sit at a meeting and decide if you want to go forward. Mm. Of course, you must go to the website where the actual grant is, um, the application is, and look further. But you have mm-hmm. enough to, in, you know, to say, well, we check, we can check off all these boxes.
0: Right, right. We,
1: we are eligible according to what GrantWatch is showing us. Let's go further and make sure we have everything.
0: So and,
1: this, this is the beginning.
0: Absolutely, and and, and there might be because Madcaster's right on our podcast. We focus on a lot on. On organizations and people who are making a difference and impacting the world in in grand ways, right? But at the end of the day, uh, there might be some who might not understand how important grants are to organizations that are trying to make those differences. Can you just give us a a quick synopsis, a a quick uh, detailed understanding of of how important grants actually are to these organizations, to businesses, to nonprofits and everything of the sort as well.
1: Well, if you start a nonprofit, right, and you wanna do something, the only way you have money to run your program is from a bake sale, from the people in your community. Um, from a philanthropist that might want to um, sponsor you have a great friend and he says yeah I'm really into that I'm going to give you x number of dollars Mm
2: -hmm. but how many
1: times can you keep going back to that well and that's not necessarily enough to run a program now when you have a program uh, if you want to do youth sports because Mm -hmm. you believe that doing youth sports is going to get the kids off the street not one um take away the idea of joining the gang to get that family kind of atmosphere that you're going to be their family within the youth sports then you need to write a, a grant you need to write a proposal so that you can pay the youth director you can pay the support services that those students that those children will need you can buy uniforms so that everybody gets the same uniform and it's not a matter of what the parents can afford and whatever. Yeah. So you, you can e- do that equalization amongst the target audience. You can bring in speakers to talk to the, to talk to the kids about um, where they can go with, with their youth scholarships or whatever else. So all these different ideas I'm just throwing out and hypothesizing with you, right? Yeah, yeah, so you yeah. need, you need a grant. Mm-hmm. Because you need to be able to run this program and not just for one year, for at least three years something that's going to refund that's going to fund you every year and then when the while you know that the money stream is going to run out down the road you have to be applying for other grants to support
2: that's your right. program
1: so it's not like well we're, we've been working for the last three years we've done a great job there's no more money that should never happen that's right right and while you have a proposal and you have a program running you want to apply for other things to bring more services into your organization for the same target population or increase your target population or model what you're doing in your county and move it to another county. Mm. So you want to just keep growing. And that's what brands do. They are not loans. As long as you spend the money exactly as you mentioned in your budget, mm. because in your budget, you're going to itemize everything. And if you, Realize that you put too much money in one category and need some in another. You contact a funding source and do a budget modification. If Mm. you do all this, you keep a separate checkbook, a separate business account for the grant funds and itemize everything. Nickname the account. You know, I mean, whatever your organization name is, is one thing, but you can nickname your accounts within your um, online checking account. And that way you keep everything very kosher you will mm-hmm. get funded again. The next time you apply, you can say, we managed um, $300,000 worth of federal or state funding, and we managed another $25,000 of private funding, and we did well, and they funded us again, or we've gotten this letter and you can submit it. You're going to be great.
2: Mm-hmm. and that
1: That's really what it is. If you have a great idea, you have a passion, you really want it to work, you have great people around, you put don't put your mother, brother, and sister on your board unless they're an accountant, <laughs> a lawyer, an educator. That's right. You know, that's like, right. Yeah. Right. And 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 funding sources don't want to see that.
2: Yeah. <laughs> absolutely. Know?
1: So if you're doing it right, you can really grow an organization, and that and that's what I love about what I do.
2: Mm. We
1: now um, we have this program where we give out a, a, a latte mug. You can see it behind me on this.
0: yeah. See that. It looks like. Right? Nice.
1: Okay, so we design that, and it's unique only to us. Mm. And when somebody gets a grant that they found on GrantWatch, we send it to them. So we send out this email with a picture of the mug, and we say, "Listen, if you did, we want to send you something
2: because mm. you really
1: worked hard." And when you get a grant, the money's not to you; it doesn't go in your pocket, right?
2: That's right. That's rec- right. We
1: want to recognize you.
2: And That's a lot right. of times,
1: we actually get them on television together with us, you know, to talk about their grant and things like that. So I know you work hard. If you're running a nonprofit, you deserve a really great pat on the back and a lot of appreciation. Mm. And you just need to do it right, and then you can just keep growing.
0: And then also for 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 grant writing is is are grants only accessible for nonprofits, or are they also accessible for for uh, businesses as well for 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 profits?
1: Right. So with we had very few Mm -hmm. when we started out Mm -hmm. and what we found were there were contracts with government agencies right and so the businesses could bid on the contracts but with the beginning of covid and the loss of businesses and the loss of business money right uh, the small business administration really went into full gear together with federal government and even foundations started to do it as well, and corporations try, uh, started doing it. So there are not so many grants now for businesses um, available, and we have them on GrantWatch. Mm, so right on the, front, on the front page of GrantWatch, it tells you how many grants we have for nonprofits, how many for businesses, and how many for individuals. And they come in all shapes and sizes. So when we talk about grant writing, don't be afraid. Because mm. it could be a two-page online application, and, or it could be a 100-page application. You have to really look at the grant, right? Look at it and say, hmm, we could do that. Or, no, we need a grant writer. Mm. And if you need a grant writer, we have that for you. We have grant writer team.
0: They have a grant writer team for all. Oh, that's so amazing. Because yeah, that's have- actually something that was... Like when I was um, trying to get grants for for my organization um, or the school that I was working with, I remember we had to make sure we had a specific grant writer that knew how to speak the language that needed to be said, you know. And so that's amazing that you also in your this is only your packaging that you allow or you have grant writers for you as well.
1: we, We do when you're on grant grant watch. You can click a button next to a grant that says, I need a grant writer. That'll take you over to the grant writer team website, and it will actually fill in the URL to the grant you're interested in. And you can add four that's more amazing. URLs, and the grant writers will bid on your project and tell you a flat rate of what they'll charge.
0: That's amazing. And,
1: and But you have to be careful because a grant writer could bid $500 yeah, that's on true. something. And that grant, you know that you looked at the grant and it's the federal government themselves and said it takes 40 hours to write it.
2: Mm-hmm. There are
1: grants like that. You don't want to hire that grant writer because mm-hmm. it's not going to get done. And he or she did not look at the application before they gave you a, a bid.
2: Mm-hmm. So
1: you have to have looked at the application yourself first. And then, you know, more or less what's involved when you're looking at what a grant writer is bidding on it.
0: Makes sense. That makes that uh, makes a lot no, of you sense don't You
1: don't want to hire somebody. Somebody comes in your house and says, "Yeah, I can paint your nine room house, and it's only going to cost me five hundred dollars." You know, it's not going to get done, yeah. right? So, like, <laughs> you you have to if it seems too good to be true, it's, it's not probably
0: true. yeah. Fair point. Fair point. That's good okay. to know. That's good to know. Cause honestly, like I, I, think I mentioned this to you before uh, you know, there's some aspirations that I have to building organizations and grants are going to be huge in, in doing so. And so I, I think for anybody who's looking uh, to build nonprofit organizations, people who are focused on social impact individuals who are trying to understand how they can uh, further their mission and their goals, you know, grants are, are everything to to your to your mission, and so uh, I'm loving the fact that you're having this well encompassed way where GrantWatch is able to to take care of all of our needs that we need to do for for our organizations and our businesses. So I'm really loving this. What what top tips? Maybe three or four or or so tips that we would need to know and to understand in order for us to maximize our chances. Of also winning these grants in our specific industries because we know that certain grants go to different people. So, what are some of the things that we should be looking for that we should be putting into our 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 um, applications in order for for us to have a better chance to to get that grant? So,
1: the first thing is always check your eligibility. It okay. takes an enormous amount of effort to prepare a proposal. Even Mm -hmm. if it's two-page, you have to really focus in on what the funding source wants and respond appropriately. Mm -hmm. So if you're not eligible, if there's some box that you can't check off and you can't bring someone else in to do it, don't apply. So when I say that, and I give this example often, and let's say, let's go back to your youth activities, right? If you're applying for a grant and there's a component that says there must be a parenting portion of your program and you have never done parent, you've only worked directly with the kids. And if you look at the people that you're on your staff and you say, well, there's really nobody here that's qualified for that. Mm. They can really speak to the needs of the parents and uh, talk to them about um behavior mod and when discipline is appropriate and what time, what types of discipline and what types of privileges should be given, whatever it is, then you need to bring somebody in. Mm-hmm. So now you have to think in your Rolodex of your mind, who, who do you know? Who, who would you like to work with? Who would you work with that you'd really feel secure in having uh, a part of your proposal? And if you have somebody or if you seek out somebody and you can include them and say, We're joining together with, in your application, um, you know, Sundance kids, you know, and they're down the block from you or whatever, and they've done parenting, you know, previously, and they have this many years of experience. And you can check that off and apply. But if you can't, don't apply. If it says you have to be in business, a nonprofit, five years, right, and experience having served X number of children, that's not you, don't apply if you think, well, so maybe they'll they, they'll look away this time. They won't.
2: They won't. <laughs> yeah.
1: They won't. They'll get enough applications thanks to GrantWatch and other websites like ours that they don't need you. They mm-hmm. they decided on their board meeting exactly what they want to fund, right? And you're not going to get funded if, let's say, you look. Another thing: why not research who have they funded previously?
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So,
1: okay, if you see. That all the money in the previously has gone to um Hispanics. Okay, Hispanic organizations. And your organization has is nothing to do with Latino, and you can't twist it or shape it any which way, the area that you're dealing with that's not the population, then don't apply because they're really earmarking their funds that way. Right. Right? So you want to know. Who's your target audience and who has been theirs?
2: Now things are changing
1: because with everything that's ha- happening in the, in the United States and the world today, um, things are much more inclusive and, and you know moving to different different areas and um, And so you might you may take a chance, but you really should take a look at who they funded in the past. So that's I guess tip number two.
0: Yeah
1: <laughs> okay. And tip number three, if we're going to stick to three, would be follow directions. Mm. And really read them carefully. And you might have someone else take a look at it as well. I used to print out grant applications when I would work. I'd take a binder and I'd make a three-ring binder. I'd print it out, one-sided, make holes in the paper, and put it in. And then I would highlight straight through things that I wanted to notice, I'd get little sticky arrows and put them on the side because I wanted to follow those directions yeah, really
2: can't. Yeah.
0: yeah.
1: And in, in a federal proposal, even in a state proposal, you'll be asked questions and then you have to um, respond with a certain number of characters or words and you need to answer those questions. If you don't answer the question, you lose points.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Now, you don't want You know, sometimes grants... All the 99, the grants that are scored 99 are funded and 98 doesn't get funded
2: wow. because there was
1: so many that had scored in 99, it really depends. And then it, it could be just all the ones above 85 are funded in your, in and if, let's say in New York City, I have this where different school districts at one point, uh, different areas, were funded with different numbers they had like Mm -hmm. different cutoff numbers because they had a certain amount of money to fund and so they had to keep going lower down in the scores depending on how many how much they had to fund but in another area the scores were higher
2: Mm. so
1: you really want to follow the directions and um you know every question needs to be answered and you need to follow directions even according to the margin size the font size the type of font if it's very specific, you need to follow it. Like, don't go, well, I don't like using Times Roman 12, so I'll use Comic Sans 13. Yes. <laughs> <laughs>
0: wow. If they
1: told you what they want, you need to listen.
0: So, I guess that's specific with, with certain grants on those, then, eh? Mm-hmm. Yes. Wow. Wow. And,
1: I mean, I wrote Homeland Security grants years ago, and it was so specific that you had a half a page. To answer a question, and it told you how many characters without counted with spaces. If you went over, you had to stop. Wow! It just wouldn't fill in. It was a computer-generated form, and you continue. But if you didn't answer the question in that space, you would lose all the points. It's not enough to say, "Well, I had so much more to write, but they didn't give me room." You had to get your answer in that.
2: Yeah. Wow.
1: A five pager with space requirements is harder to write sometimes than a hundred pager where there's no space requirements Mm. because you can just go on and on
0: Hmm.
1: okay so give you tip four
0: give me yeah give give, give me more please (laughs) give me more okay
1: all right um if your application requires a budget Mm
0: -hmm.
2: then you
1: must build everything on the budget think of your budget as the foundation of your home Mm. because everything in the proposal needs to relate back needs to be mentioned in the budget so if you have a budget and you want to purchase iPads mm-hmm. for your youth and you don't mention it in the budget then you can't talk about it in the proposal in the- unless you have an in-kind contribution for those for them mm. All right and if you mention now let's do it the other way what if you put forty iPads
2: in your mm-hmm. budget
1: and you never mention it in your proposal? Well, that line is going to be drawn right through. Like, wow, what are they going into business to sell iPads? Why are we funding it? Right, right. So it all has to go together. Um, I was working on a proposal, and it was one of my last ones. It got mm-hmm. me to. As a result of that, I opened Grant Writer Team and I stopped writing. It. <laughs> So I'll tell you what happened. I was doing five grants. It was the same grant. I had five different clients. They were in different areas. There was no mm-hmm. conflict. Everybody knew I was doing everyone else's. But because they knew, they started talking amongst themselves. Oh, mm-hmm. you're asking for this? Oh, maybe I should ask for that in my proposal. Back and forth. The day it was due, I had five clients who decided to change their budget on the day it was due. Well, they thought it was a simple process, but it meant that I needed to go back through every single page and mention everything that they wanted throughout. Wow. So my objectives changed. Wow. An objective in a grant is, if you're writing a full grant RFP mm-hmm. proposal, something really heavy, an objective is, as a result of doing such and such. hmm for a period of how much time 20, yeah. for how many people, what's your target audience? Mm. There will be a statistically significant increase in some kind of behavior. Right. As a result of what is it that you're doing? What's the activity
0: Yeah.
1: as measured by pre and post? Well, Now, if you change your budget, you've changed your program, you've changed everything. So settle on your budget. Get everyone in your board, whoever is involved, sign off on that budget and the goals and the objectives, and then you can build. Mm. So that's really important. And I'm going to give you the fifth tip, and then we'll move on. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Think of a grant like this. Think of a spreadsheet. Straight across
2: mm-hmm. your
1: needs, the needs of your community, the needs of your target audience, because it's not your person. I have a need to become an executive director. <laughs> they go in the newspaper and blah, blah, blah. That's not a need. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. <laughs> so the need is there's something that needs doing yeah. in your area that nobody's doing. That's right. Right? There's a need of a community. Mm. And let's go back to that youth. There's a need to get the youth off the streets
2: mm-hmm.
1: and into some kind of program where they're really going to feel great about themselves. and They're going to really blossom into something sure. that, that makes them valuable to the community to be able mm-hmm. to do that.
2: Mm-hmm. So
1: why is there a need? So if we go and we find out that in that area, there's gangs. Or in that area, there's high poverty, or mm-hmm. there's low reading scores, or there's single parent homes. Think of all the reasons why somebody should fund you,
2: mm.
1: right? What's the need? And what are you going to change? So yes, there may be single parent homes, but that you're not going to go match up all these women and men to, so that they're going to have new spouses, and there's not going to be single parent homes. That's not to your sure. objective right? Okay. So you would then if you were saying single parent homes, then you have to take that need even further to say, well, what happens when there's a single parent home? Right. Mm -hmm. What could happen or what is happening in this community? Um, So here in relation to your youth, because there's a single parent home, the kids are on the the kids have too much freedom because their parents, the the single parent is working. Right. Right. So that's why you're taking that in. So whatever statistic you're going to pull into the needs has to be something you can relate to the problem.
2: Got you. you,
1: Okay. So you have a need and then you have a goal. So a goal is general.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: There's a need, there's a goal. And now we come to the objective. What are you going to do as a result of, what are you going to do? Your objective is tied to your activities. And it's tied to your target audience, which goes back to your need. So you go straight across in your spreadsheet. If you have a need, you need to have a goal you need to have an objective, an activity, and then you need to have a way that you're gonna evaluate whether that activity will, in, did in fact, um, increase, change, modify, whatever it is that you're trying to do.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay, so it could be as simple as a pre and post survey. It could be looking at the reading scores of these students uh, when they started the program in the next year, like what level did they get to as right. a result of the program you did? Right. Whatever it is. OK, it could be some evaluation of um, students' self-confidence and relationship with peers. And now you do a post one, and you're taking a look at that as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, it could be that you have an obesity issue and you want to get these youth involvement in sports. It's yeah. an obi- obesity issue in the area because, I don't know, the kids are on their own. So they eat chips and, and Kool-Aid instead of, uh, you know, healthy, nutritious meals. And you're going to serve some healthy, nutritious meals after school together with the sports. You see hmm. you see how I'm taking it? Yeah. And, yeah. OK. And so you may have, um, I don't know, you may have some rating scale for whether there's obesity of your target audience and then what happens afterwards
0: i see yeah i see how you're breaking it down it's just coming all together every single time and it has to come all together to make sure that it's all yeah
1: and not every application is going to ask you to get involved to this detail but if Mm. you do that you now have your elevator yourself
0: yeah there you go right
1: you can really talk about this because you once you've mapped this out,
0: mm-hmm.
2: you can
1: say, say it to even a, to a philanthropist, somebody that comes to the community and gives money, right? Mm-hmm. To, and you know, they gave money to this organization and that, why not me? Well, mm-hmm. you know, take them out for coffee and, and schmooze them up and you have your pitch. Yeah. Because you can say, listen, this is the needs in the community. I know, I've done the research. And that goes back to best practices, what are the best practices to alleviate whatever this need is? Do some research. I used to take home from the library. Now, of course, you would do it on the internet. But I would come home from a library with books up to here, you know, and stacks.
2: Yeah. And
1: my family would look at me like, "What is this? You're gonna read this all weekend?" No, I'm gonna skim through it. I'm gonna find my quotes, and I'm gonna find out what what these um, professors and academia say about it, mm. and I'm gonna quote them. And I do. Well, I did. That's what I did in the needs. I would show the need, but I would also show the best practices Mm. so that I could then move into my goals. And then you can really speak on.
0: I love I love that that formula. I love the way you you broke that down for us, because uh, sometimes I I know for sure for me, um, grant writing always seemed so. What was the exact term here? It it just felt out of my out of my reach, out of my realm, uh, and and I always defer to someone else. But the way you were able to break it down, the way you were able to also share how we can make that into reality, I, I think that this is something that we could all who are listening and, and who are looking to to move forward in a certain direction. I think this is something we can all take as highly valuable uh, because. Anyone needs this. Anyone who's looking to to impact in a specific sector, they need to know how to break down, how to understand what every single uh, use resource uh, information is going to do to impact that 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 sector that they're looking to focus on. And so, yeah, I think this is this is highly valuable and very, very, very needed. information your organization oh, overall grantwash.com i think is something that we definitely need for sure
1: but you know you have a passion for what you want to do
0: sure yeah and
1: if you hire a grant writer will they have the same passion as you they won't
0: they won't that's true
1: okay that's true. so sometimes you'll find a grant writer that really loves what you're doing and you need to hear that mm. and if the grant writer is just doing it mechanic you know it's a mechanical thing it's not going to come out
0: the passion so won't be start, on the paper, yeah. Right, true. it
1: has to jump off. So you start writing your first grants. And even if the English isn't great, even if the grant language isn't great, whatever it is, don't worry about it. You will convey your passion. So the mm-hmm. grant writer can then read it and start to get that. And even the conversation that you have pre-starting to write the grant, you know, during the retainer period process of a grant writer. Try to give the grant writer your passion. Mm. I always tell nonprofits, write your first grant yourself. Mm. It's okay to fail. It's okay. You may get lucky. You could win.
2: Hey, okay. why not? You could win. Yeah.
1: Right? Because your passion will jump. You can have somebody in your organization proofread what you wrote. Uh, it could be that you you are a great writer, and I don't even know that because you, you know, you're telling <laughs> me that you're afraid of it. So, But it could be that you'll win. Mm. Then you got to be in it to win it, that whole thing with the lottery, right?
2: There you this go.
1: Is, right. But your passion is really what's going to sell somebody. I went to D.C. I read grants for the federal government years ago.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And some of them were really boring. And some of them were so exciting because I, I felt like I was alone for the ride. I was really here. Mm. And those were the ones that, you know, I really wanted that one to get funded. I had to score it appropriately. If they left something out, they lost the points.
2: Sure, but I sure. really,
1: you know, I really found myself arguing for that particular proposal. You mm. go when you score for the federal government, there are three readers and one supervisor.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Usually, I don't know what's happened with COVID, whatever. And, and we, I, I've done them at home where they send you a box from FedEx of 10, wow. 10 grand proposals. And I've done it online. Um, and you have to come within a certain percentage point of the other readers, and then the score. Then it gets the average. If you're mm-hmm. too far away, then you have discussion. So the ones where the passion jumps off the page, you really are end up arguing for. Uh,
0: you, you know, I, if anything, I can do well as well. And I'm not, I'm not speaking for everyone here, but I, I know I can show passion. If there's, <laughs> if there's one thing for okay. sure, and so. I think that that's a very important step because sometimes we think that, um, at least at least for me, I'll, I'll speak personally. Sometimes you think that your passion might be too loud and and it doesn't necessarily come out the right way. But hearing that affirmation of "Hey, you know what? Do your first grant right. Try it yourself. Let your passion speak for itself. Let it be on paper." I think that that gives us empowerment as well in order for us to to try something outside of our comfort zone, outside of our box, and and to make something a reality that we may not have seen before. And who knows, like you said, it, if someone's reading, someone will be able to tell the difference between that passion and the person who's just writing for writing's sake. And so I, I think that that information right there is also very valuable for us to take in because that empowers us as, as leaders, empowers us as organizers, as um, as people who are just looking to make that difference in, in our organization. So yeah, I think that's a great that I'd probably even say that's your sixth tip. <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: just imagine if you're writing about um an area where the only hot meal the children have during the day is what they get in school. Mm. And you write that. That
2: pulls mm. my strings, yeah. right? Yeah.
1: But if you just write, well there um there are symptoms of undernourishment in the area. <laughs> that's it. Doesn't pull my strings, right?
2: Yeah, yeah, it's true.
1: So that's the, true. there's different ways of writing it, and you'll if you love what you're doing, it's going to appear. I, well, the one thing you don't want to do is anything political because you don't know mm-hmm. which side of the coin mm-hmm. somebody is Somebody's
0: on. Somebody's going to be, yeah, yeah, that's
2: true, that's true. Right.
1: So yeah. you don't have to say. The cause is and be like you know a newscaster kind of thing. Mm-hmm. You need to say these are the facts,
2: and mm-hmm.
0: when
1: you describe the facts, then your adjectives, you know, go in there because it makes facts.
0: sense. That makes sense. What what has been one of the just hearing from your experience? What has been one of the best grants you've written, or one of the like you know just something that you've really enjoyed writing? Uh, for for someone or for an organization and what has been one of the best grants that you've also read as well
1: well the one that i enjoyed writing the most would have been the child health plus grant mm. because that's the one you mentioned when you started that was the 46 children, uh, yeah. and i'm sure it's much more now since i made that phone call years ago wow that's um, amazing yeah i was um in between, um, teaching and running for office. So Mm. running for office ended. I won the primary, but I didn't win the general and I couldn't go back to teaching. So I just was writing grants full time. And this came about and I brought it to an organization that I knew and they became the lead organization. Mm -hmm. But we created a round table, all the organizations in that area. And basically what they wanted was they wanted children to get signed up for child health plus Mm -hmm. that, um, fit the the, um, eligibility requirements. And they wanted it to be done on a local level. And it's kind of like, if you think about it, what's going on with um, vaccinations now, where they're giving funding um, so that people will go create like little storefronts or whatever and do vaccinations in communities that are not necessarily responsive to it, right? So here they wanted the community themselves to get the children signed up where the children are. So they wanted um, the schools, but they also wanted the local churches and synagogues and community centers and cultural organizations. And so we put them all at a table and we invited everyone and everybody had to figure out, well, how are they going to get the children to sign up? And so it was, while it was this massive grant, it was very local and each group got something from it to do their job. And I really love that because everybody got to work together. And I think that many relationships were formed as a result of that between different nonprofits. That's, that was awesome. my That's, That's awesome. the best because I think, well, if they had medical um, attention,
2: mm-hmm. then
1: they grew up healthy and then they had healthy children. And so it was something that I, I believe just went on and on and made me feel really great about it. Uh, as far as which one I read that I really like, I don't
2: remember.
1: <laughs> I <can> apologize. <laughs> you know, there's just so much a person can keep in their brain. Yeah, fair, you know, fair, fair point, is. fair point. <laughs>
0: so. That makes sense. Hey, Libby, honestly, this uh, this episode has been quite uh, valuable, I believe, uh, to to me, to our listeners, uh, because many of us who are looking to make an impact and to Change the way that we want to see the world. We want to bring upon social impact. We want to, you know, go out and about and to enact the the, the change that we that we see the problems in the, in our societies, and we want to be the solution to those problems. But as mentioned before, funding is huge in everything that we do, and. And to understand that uh, grant writing to to build this for our foundations for our organizations is is everything to how we are able to move forward, how we're able to pay our employees, how we're able to necessarily uh, fund the projects that we're doing as well. And so, GrantWatch is literally uh, such a such an amazing platform, uh, a great website. And a great tool that we can use to be able to make the impact that we want to see. And so I just want to say thank you for creating this uh, where we're able to now uh, move forward with our passions and to move forward with with what 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 God is telling us to move forward with. and and thank you for moving forward with your calling to allow this to be in our world and in our lives, because you have made the e- the process that much easier. So thank you so much, Libby, for, for creating Grant Watch. Thank you for coming on to Madcaster's podcast. And just thank you. thank you for all that you do and, and how it's going to continue to uh, bring social impact and impact throughout the world as well.
1: Thank you very much. I really enjoyed this, this time as well. It always helps me to explore with the host, so that we can go further and let mm-hmm. you know what's available.
0: So thank you. Love it. Love it. Thank you so much. You have a wonderful day. I'm looking forward to using your services very soon. <laughs> thank I look you.
1: forward to seeing you there.
0: There you go. <laughs> have okay. a good one. Thank you. Thank you for tuning into today's episode of Madcasters with your host, Brian St. Louis. Please remember... Do what you are called to bring into this world. Someone's life depends on your willingness to obey your calling. You are special and you have something positive to bring to this world that no one else can. Every Thursday at 5 a.m. Eastern Time, a new episode will be ready for you to listen and grow from. Be sure to subscribe to Madcasters on your favorite podcast platform. Follow us on Instagram at Madcasters. Support the podcast through patreon.com backslash madcasters because together we can make the difference in order to change the world.